What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. I'm your host, DeAndre Nicolette, a spiritual AF business coach. In each episode, we dive into spiritual laws, neuro-linguistic programming techniques, and business design, perfect for your journey to stepping into your power as a co-creator of your reality and building a massively powerful soul-aligned business, one that you are completely obsessed with. If you're ready to stop settling for a career and a life that's less than what you deserve, all while learning how to quantum shift into the ideal boss babe version of yourself, you are in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, my lovely friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing Tuesday and an amazing start to your week, honestly. Um, I'm sitting here, it's currently Monday afternoon, 3 p.m., and I decided to record the intro to this podcast. And of course, um, the minute I hit record, my neighbor decides that he wants to mow his lawn. My mom is home, she decides that she wants to go cook lunch. So everybody is just up and about and living life and making noise. So I hope you guys can't hear too much of that in the background. But either way, today is a podcast podcast interview episode. And of course, thank goodness for um, me planning ahead and making sure that at the time when I recorded this interview, that there was not a lot of noise in the background, thankfully. So I wanted to take a little bit of time to actually introduce the guest of honor for today's podcast episode. Um, She is Miss Kelly Track. And if you guys do not know Kelly Track, then I feel like you've been kind of sleeping um, low key, high key, sleeping on yourself and playing yourself if you're not following her on Instagram, if you're not kind of hip to her podcast. So Kelly is a global business coach. She's a top rated podcast host and online educator. Educator. She helps people build heart-centered digital businesses, live the laptop life. Y'all know the laptop lifestyle we talk about where you ditch the nine to five and you are going all around the world and you are doing what you love every single day. And she helps people earn full-time income pursuing their passion. She is also the creator of three online courses, Your Best Life, Your Conscious Empire, and Your Money Mindset, where she teaches people how to unlock their potential for confidence, entrepreneurial success, and wealth. 
So Kelly also hosts the Kelly Track Show, which is a top-rated self-help podcast that features high-profile guests from around the globe where thousands of listeners tune in daily. I personally have listened to every single episode of the Kelly Track Show, and I can honestly say that it is one of my favorite podcasts. So if you guys are looking for new podcasts to listen to, I would highly recommend that you tune into the Kelly Track Show. She has also been celebrated with 19 different awards, including a top 20 under 20 award that is amazing and has been recognized by the Canadian Federation of University Women and the Minerva Foundation. So you can find her on kellytrack.com and just about everywhere on social media. So I am going to do a little bit less blabbing because we are a couple minutes into this episode and I actually want to have Kelly introduce herself to the audience, to you guys, and we are going to have a powerful, powerful conversation conversation all about being a woman in business, all about pursuing your passion, doing the damn thing and being so completely unapologetically, authentically yourself and following your dreams and your passion. So without further ado, let's get into this episode so you guys can hear Kelly introduce herself, talk to me and have an amazing conversation. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Don't forget to leave me a review if you do. And I will talk to you guys very soon. Hi, Kelly. How are you today? I am so so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Diana. Yes, of course. So I love to start off with this very simple question. I feel like you could go super in-depth if you want, but I just want to have you tell my audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, and who you serve. Yeah. So my name is Kelly Trapp. I am a business coach. Let's start there. So I help mm-hmm. women start digital businesses um, and grow them to a place where they're making 10K months and six Love figures it. through doing only offering either one-on-one services or online courses or a combo of both. So I do business coaching one-on-one. And then I also teach online classes. So I'm an online educator. So I teach classes around how to start a digital business um, and the other parts that I think are attached to that, things like the mindset piece of having the courage to go after what you want in life. And I also Mm -hmm. teach money mindset work uh, in an online class. So I also do my podcast, which is called the Kelly Track Show, which is more about like self-help and the mindset piece and the money mindset piece. and that is it in a nutshell. So that's, that's what I do in a nutshell. And who I serve is primarily uh, visionary females, uh, more like the millennial demographic, people who really mm-hmm. want to go after that big, bold calling on their life, but maybe they've been feeling nervous or scared or worried, or they're afraid of how they're going to make money and do it in a way where they can support themselves full time and like actually make it a legit thing and how mm-hmm. to really overcome all that and then go pursue their big calling in life and then fulfill it and make money on it. So that's, that's everything in a nutshell. (laughs) I love that. And you mentioned mindset in there. We're going to definitely dive into that a little bit later on the episode, because I love talking about mindset. I love talking about spirituality as well, but you also mentioned serving millennials. And I think that's really awesome because I actually read this, um, this piece the other day about how I think it said something about like Gen Z and millennials are like really just unhappy. A lot of people are unhappy with their jobs and feeling depressed being at that nine to five. So I love that you're actually working with that demographic so they can build that business, get out of that rat race if they so choose to and actually make money. Like that's the big thing. It's like you can start a business, but it's not a business if you're not like making money, right? It's Amen. <laughs> you're you're preaching my spiel. I love it. It's so true because it's not a business unless we make money. I so agree. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so 
I am an avid listener of your podcast. Oh, Literally, this is why it's like, oh, yes, it's so surreal to have you on because oh, I listen to every single episode. Oh, of your thank podcast. you. Thank you. Oh, really? Even the old stuff? I don't think the old stuff Girl. was good. Girl, I went back. Like, I was listening to I did. They're all so good though, because they're like I okay. it, I listen to them at work. I'm still at my nine to five, and so it was just like listening to them and having you on the background and talking about mindset. I love. I think I started with your money mindset series, and from oh, there yeah. went forward, and then went backwards, and then went backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know you talk about being like a serial entrepreneur that you had oh, yeah. like started tech startups before, and yeah. that was kind of a big part of your journey. Just uh-huh. kind of like learning, you know, how to start a business and kind of how to not have a business go the way that you want. Yeah. And so can you tell us a little bit about those previous ventures and then what made you actually pick yourself up and say, I'm going to try again. I'm going to start this digital business doing online education when it was also so left field from what you were doing before. Totally. With startups. Yeah. So it was really different. You know, I always say like, I would have never, ever guessed in a million years I was going to be doing this. Like I always knew I would have a business. Like I was always entrepreneurial. That was like a very common theme, like my whole life. I feel like people who are entrepreneurial, just have that their whole lives, you know, whether yep, selling, nope, that's true. <laughs> selling little things or trying to make money. I know for me, one of my favorite games in elementary school was store, like, obvi- <laughs> like anything, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah, like cashiers and store or like the cashier. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Um, but I, uh, just to back up. So I went to, I was like very, I was like your classic overachievers, how I describe it. Um, and in high school I did really well, graduated top of my class, went to mm-hmm. um, university here in uh, Vancouver, Canada at the University of British Columbia. And I went to their business school, um, which was another, it was just like, I was just very good at like working hard, mm-hmm. doing really difficult stuff, working in competitive spaces. And um, so I went to business school, went to school, won enough scholarships to study on scholarship, graduated again, top of my class, honors, yada, 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 overachieving, doing all the extracurriculars. And then I was done. I had a really hard time actually getting a job I really liked. So I studied marketing um, at, at the business school and it was kind of crazy. Sometimes the universe, it works in its own magical ways. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the greatest gifts of all because I remember being so frustrated that I couldn't get a job. I really had my heart set on working at the Lululemon head office, which is here in Vancouver, oh, wow. Canada. Yeah, I really wanted to work on the marketing team and I got rejected so many times. Um, and I couldn't get a job at any of the other offices that were cool in Vancouver, like Vega mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. Nature's Path is here, like all those kinds of ones. Um, yeah. And and so I, I got two job offers and I was not happy with either of them. One was sales, one was marketing, and I was not stoked mm-hmm. to do marketing or sales for them. So I thought, well, what do I really want to do with my life? And I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm young. I've just finished business school and I always had loved entrepreneurship. So I was like, well, why don't I build something of my own? When I was in business school, like the, the thing I could think of is of building something on my own, meant like, a, like a business, like a business, mm-hmm. not in a sense of a personal brand business of like what I have now, but in a sense of like a full blown company. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's build like a tech startup. Cause I always was interested in that and building in that sense. So I moved down to um, San Francisco and I was trying to build my first tech startup, which is actually in dealing with the future of food. And, mm-hmm. um, I got into a very prestigious uh, pre-accelerator entrepreneurship school in the Valley and tech startup one did not work out tech startup. And then I tried two more times and those also did not work out. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had this moment of like, it was kind of like, I need to take a pause. Cause I had taken, we had a week, I had a week, I tell the story a lot, but I had taken a week off and I had come from San Francisco and we were at my boyfriend's family cabin, which is kind of like really in the middle of nowhere in the woods. And I had this week to kind of just reflect on my life. 
And I was supposed to be doing other work for this, for Singularity U. I, I was doing some like research for one of their prizes um, for mm -hmm. free. And I was, supposed, I was helping it with them. And I was supposed to be doing work for my third tech startup. And like things weren't really flowing. And I wasn't really feeling inspired to do the work. And it felt like a huge uphill thing. And I had that week off and I was just having fun by the lake and swimming mm -hmm. and cooking plant-based food for my partner and I and just relaxing and it I remember sitting in this lazy boy chair that they have and like I put my feet up and I it was like a scene of a movie and I was like laying back and the sun was like streaming in through like the the wood panels of like the log cabin and it was like this thought just hit me out of nowhere and it was just well Kelly what if you just did what you were really good at like what if you just did what was easy for you and this was like this was like a revelation because I had always done the hard challenging difficult things like my whole life like the highest the, like what's the hardest thing I could what's the hardest problem I could solve like what's mm -hmm. like the hardest thing to do where's like the most competitive place in British Columbia I can study like it was always like that and it was like well what yeah. if I just do what I was good at and it was this like revolutionary moment that's why I talk so much now in my work about zone of genius and tapping into what you're good at because it's like that's where all the money is and that's where it's easy yes. for people. <laughs> yeah. So that started that aha moment after tech startup three, I was, I was also like, I had given myself a window, um, of me being an entrepreneur. I said, I'm going to give myself a couple years and just try. And if it doesn't work out, I'll go to a full-time job. But I said, I've got time and I might as well try. So I did business number four and it was kellytrack.com <laughs> and it started off as a health blog. Um, talking about my autoimmune condition and my plant-based diet and then it kind of mm -hmm. turned into a sort of self-help mindset and then it started turning into business and um, money mindset and so it kind of just it's taken so many twists and turns but mm -hmm. I feel like everything I mean hey I would just flow with the universe I I do what it says and I follow it so that's oh God, sort I of how that. I got here it's it's a kind of a crazy story but that's the truth <laughs> no I love those stories because I feel like now and you talk about that too how you have that experience with those failed businesses and I wouldn't even say failed because it's just like a pivot right you made like yeah. a different turn and you end up where you were supposed to end up and now you can teach people like what not to do and how to actually yeah. follow their zone of genius because that's where you said like the money is when you're actually doing something you're passionate about and not just doing something because of the accolades that you could receive or yeah. like it's like competitive or whatever like yeah. external like ego reason is right mm -hmm. and you actually talked about like business school as well and I know there are a lot of people who have gone to like business schools gotten their MBA gotten mm -hmm. to like those like prestigious universities done mm -hmm. all the things to actually get to this amazing endpoint and like what would you say has been more impactful for you in terms of like kellytrack.com like would it be you know that actual education that you had like in the classroom or was it the experience like which one actually has impacted you more yeah you know one of my biggest things I always think of is um the, the fact that everything that we do contributes to where we're going like every single thing um, I talk about this a lot in my course, Your Conscious Empire, which teaches people how to build a digital business. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there's there's parts of everything that we learn. I mean, I have learned so much hands-on real knowledge. Like, I think that's part of the reason why my business, why I think I'm so good at doing the business stuff and why it's a zone of genius for me is because I love it. And I've done it a lot like hands-on because it's one thing to learn out of a textbook and do a, a class project. <laughs> and it's another thing to start a business um, and make money off of it. It's like a whole nother enchilada. So, 
the real world, in my opinion, okay, people always are like, are you book smarts or street smarts? I'm definitely mm-hmm. like a street smarts person through and through. Like, okay. I am, I will, I'm way more like hands-on real world. Let me try this. Let me get my hands dirty. I think that's been more helpful. But I mean, I really do see business school as a part of my journey. It definitely, it, it was helpful in the sense of I figured out what I didn't want and mm-hmm. it helped me. I don't think I ever would have been able to get here without it. You know what I mean? In the sense where mm-hmm. I had to learn so much of what I didn't want. And that contrast of, I don't want that. And I don't want a life like that. And all my parents mm-hmm. are doing that. And I don't think they're happy. So it taught me a lot of other things. And I mean, so many, I learned, I did learn stuff. I got to say, it's not all bad. Like I did learn good tips and nuggets and mm-hmm. things. Um, it was great exposure. Some of the things that business school let me do was amazing. Like travel, um, and compete internationally on behalf of my school mm-hmm. doing like business case competitions. So like I, I enjoyed it. And my exchange at Sciences Po, um, doing the media and communications in France, that was like also awesome. Like I learned like little tiny things, but mm-hmm. I would say my, the bulk of what I learned, what, what I teach is like all from self-knowledge. I, I okay. say from like trial and error of my own, like maybe like little things has helped me from business school. But if I had to, sometimes I think like, would I ever do traditional school again? I don't know. If you had to go back and like if change I had to your go back. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm always one of those people that said I would I wouldn't change anything from my past, but if I was Yeah. I don't know, I feel like the internet is so good these days with courses and education and like even YouTube. Mhm. Yes. I, I I think it's not as applicable like higher ed and all that stuff as it used to be, you know. Especially no, with absolutely. the self yeah, with self people you can teach like people teach themselves to code all the time and you know, it's like you yep. can learn online these days and fast and cheaper like way cheaper (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah no I totally agree and it's so funny because it's like it's a mix of you know that those certain events led you to where you were right because like you said if you didn't go to business school you wouldn't have known like you wouldn't have probably well maybe you would have started tech startups but maybe you wouldn't have right and then you wouldn't have known that you weren't feeling that industry and that you were aligned with something else I feel like it does all happen for a reason. So I like to say like mm-hmm. no regrets. Cause I also, I went to grad school. And I remember like afterwards feeling like I didn't really like a lot of the stuff that I use at my nine to five in my business, I've taught myself. Right. And it's kind of like, yeah. well, do I regret going to grad school? It's like, no, cause it led me down this path yeah. to get that job, to do this and this and this. So I feel like it all kind of fits in in like a crazy different way. Like that Steve Jobs quote about how you can always like connect the dots looking yeah. backwards versus yeah. like looking forward. So, yeah, so I kind of want to pivot a little bit and jump into the mindset stuff because I know you talk a lot about mindset on your podcast, on your content, on Instagram, on your website, in your courses, all that stuff. And I know that starting a business, especially with your tech startups and with kellytrack.com is like a really big thing because it kind of puts you through a lot of tests about who you are as a person and like what you can handle. Uh So I want to ask you about what were some of your limiting beliefs when you were starting kellytrack.com? And then how were you able to deal with those limiting beliefs? Like whether that be kind of, um, you know, daily habits, like meditation, like what did you do to kind of overcome some of those in order to push forward and grow your business to where it is today? Yeah, that's a great question, Deandra. I, I love that question. You know, it's, um, my coach always says, she says the best self-development uh, program you can take is starting your own business. And I totally Ooh. agree. It teaches you so much. Um, I swear to God, I have grown up like emotionally, like 10 years. Like I swear, mm-hmm. like, cause I'm not, I don't know, like business just, it makes you do, it makes you force all the stuff you don't want to look at, like your bad habits, your bad patterns, your money mindset, uh, your fear, your doubt, your worry, your mm-hmm. upper limit. like it will bring up 
everything. <laughs> so um, business in a way is its own like little spiritual assignment. So yeah, like back to back to what you're saying. The the biggest the biggest limiting belief I would say in business school, like I had always loved Danielle Laporte, who is an author from Vancouver, Canada, and she writes The Desire Map. And I love her and I loved her so much and I've loved her for a long time. And mm-hmm. I remember one of my friends, um, we used to talk about like vision and goals because he also mm-hmm. used to work at Lululemon and that's a very Lululemon thing to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and um, just because I used to work in the stores at Lululemon. Um, but yeah, we were hanging out and he'd be like telling me like, well, what's your vision for your life, Kelly? Like, what do you want to do with your life when you're done business mm-hmm. school? And he's like, if you could do anything, what would you want to do? And I would always say like, I want to be like Danielle Laporte. That would be like the dream. Yeah. Um, but I always had the belief that I couldn't do that. Like that was not available to me, that my mm-hmm. content wouldn't be good enough, that my stuff, what would I have to contribute? People are already doing it. How will I make money? That's not a real job. Um, mm-hmm. Danielle Laporte is like way farther along than me pretty much every single regular mindset block I see my clients having students having of that sort of that underlying belief that it's like, Oh, other people can do it, but I can't, um, Mm -hmm. or it's already been done before, or I just can't make money on that. So I have to pick another job. So those were like the, those were the biggest ones. Um, and I think what I kind of hit the point after tech startup number three, where it was kind of like, okay, Kelly, like, what options do you have? You know, go to a nine mm-hmm. to five that you don't enjoy um, or start what you, what, or just like try this. Like it was like, I was sort of already at like a rock bottom as to like, well, I'm already living at home with my family. Um, I don't have money coming in. I mean, might as well try. So I feel like I was in that position of sort of surrender with the universe where it was like, I guess I have to just try Whereas I think with, I don't know, it's hard to say because I think because I was in that position, it made it a very easy choice because it's not like I was dumping from like a full-time income or like a full-time corporate salary, you know what I mean? Where there was a lot more decisions. So because I started being an entrepreneur so young, like after business school, I'd say like, you know, it was kind of just more of an easy choice, but yeah, it kind of, I got over it. I had to get over all those blocks by just doing it. One of the things I love to teach is like the best way to get through your blocks is to just go do it. Like don't, don't wait around. Don't um, make up excuses. Don't hum and ho about it. Like just go do it. Like the best way to get over like 90% of your blocks is just to take action and go do the thing you're afraid to do. Mm -hmm. Like if you're afraid to invest in yourself and hire the coach, hire the coach. If you're afraid to outsource your first employee, you hire an employee, like just go do it and do it now. (laughs) And I feel like that's the best way to do it, except it's the thing that nobody wants to do. Um, But that Mm -hmm. has really helped me the most. I mean, it's also kind of like, I mean, I like to, I like efficiency and getting things done quickly. And I find that is like the best way to (laughs) overcome those big bleeds. It's just to, just to start, just take action. Like, and also think about like, what's the worst case scenario? Cause I thought, okay, worst case scenario, if this fourth business doesn't work out, I'll just get a job. I mean, worst case scenario, I'm still broke and living at home with my parents. It's like, it's really not that bad. Even if I yeah. try and even if I fail. And I used to think, I used to worry that people would think I'd be stupid for doing all of these businesses and then, well, three not working out. And then people thinking, oh God, look at all. I used to worry, oh, Kelly had so much talent and now she's just doing nothing with her life. Um, and like, mm-hmm. why is she not working? It's like all that 
weird stuff we think about. We think these other people worry about us and are thinking about us and are judging us and literally nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Watching and no one's I like, know. No one cares. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like the biggest thing of all. Like I was like, nobody, nobody cared at all about anything. Um, I mean, my friends obviously care about me, but it was mostly mm-hmm. like people, people are just like, okay, do whatever you want, you know? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think the biggest thing for me to overcome those blocks was just, just do it. No. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. It's like that quote. I have so many quotes in my head. Um, the feel I love quotes. I love quotes. But like yeah. feel the fear and do it anyways. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's so simple, right? But uh, like, that's what people struggle with. Because yeah. when you feel that fear, it's like you have all these irrational thoughts about like, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Totally. And I don't know about you, but I'm an overthinker. So I'll just start to spin up a whole story in my head about like all the things. And all of a sudden I'm like down this rabbit hole of things that I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is going to happen. And then I have to pull myself back and be like, wait a second. Like, how did we even get to this random scenario that's like, probably not likely to happen. Right. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you say that, especially when it comes to limiting beliefs and someone starting a business, because really a lot of stuff that comes up in business will involve a lot of fear because you've also never done it before. And so you can't just sit around and and wait for someone to tell you what to do, what you have to like feel that fear and do it anyways. So you also, as we're talking, mentioned the universe, and this is such a great segue into like my next question about manifestation. Yeah. And I guess I want to know how you kind of stumble upon this idea of like manifestation and a little bit of like this spirituality stuff, and then how you kind of incorporate that into your day-to-day. And I know you also mentioned vision, which seems like a very kind of like um, spiritual word in a sense yeah. to me. I think of vision board when I think of yeah. vision. So kind of like tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I um, originally grew up Catholic and then we went to church and stuff and then I kind of fell out of it in high school and now like it wasn't like my jam um and I had picked up the secret like that was when the secret kind of came out uh in the oh, early okay. days what was that like 2008 2009 that was my first introduction to manifestation and I thought this is so cool what I can just write make a list and I get something and I remember <laughs> at the time I was like I want a boyfriend I want this it was like me in high school you know and I was mm-hmm. trying to work on manifesting boyfriend in high school Oh my God, I love it. But I was like, oh my God, it says I can just get this. Um, And that was my first taste of manifestation. And I have always been a person who's very positive. I look for the silver lining. That's like part of just, I think also who I am. I look to the bright side. So I love the the aspect of the secret where it was like, talk positively, Mm -hmm. say positive things. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't talk about the bad things because you don't want it to happen. Even though, you know, everyone's got their manifestation formula but I love that and I gravitated toward that and then I kind of thought I got into self-help early like mm-hmm. I loved I've always I've been like a self-helper all of my life like I love those kinds of books and I was always interested in that kind of stuff I know um one of my favorite one of my first books was when I was young I was having troubles like making friends in like elementary school and my mom got me oh I got rid of it I was looking at my bookshelf I wonder if it was still there but it was um oh my goodness it was Gail Carnegie's how to make friends and influence people, but for oh teen girls. God. Yeah. And I read oh. that when I was like young, it was like the, for girls version, um, for young girls. And, um, I remember that was being my, my first learning, like, you know, don't criticize, don't condemn, don't complain. It was like my first taste of like, Oh, I can kind of like improve myself. And I, I love that mm-hmm. stuff. I always thought it was fun and interesting to read. So I kind of had, would read like little self-help books and any kind of that kind of stuff growing up. And I think it kind of mm-hmm. just got deeper and deeper. I would say like, that I really got introduced into, you know, dreams and visions and goals definitely through 
you know, the classes that you take in university, like those like planning mm-hmm. classes. I don't know if you had, or, or sorry, in high school, like you ever take those like planning where you had to like think of your future and plan. And, oh my God, we did not do that. Oh, really? <laughs> like, That's, oh no. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a class we have to take in, in British that Columbia. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's called planning. Like we, you, we got kind of embedded into the curriculum, like goal setting. What do you want to do in what? your future? So I really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> so I really enjoyed that stuff. Um, and then it kind of just got further developed in university because there was like so much opportunity to do that stuff. And I really wanted that job at Lululemon and I really got into like vision and goals because they're really into vision mm-hmm. and goals. And it just was like, I love this stuff. And I would get, in, and then I don't know, I just went down the spiritual rabbit hole. And then mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing though has been starting a business and having to have so much faith and trust mm-hmm. in going all in on something that's making no money and you're starting from square one. It was like, I, sometimes I wonder how I did it because it just took so, so much faith and so much devotion, so much commitment to something that was just an idea and a dream. Um, and I had to become so spiritual for that because I had nothing else to go on. Like I, I know, um, my partner, Chris would joke. I talk about this in my course for money mindset when I, um, I used to, even when I was starting out, if I found like 10 cents on the street, I'd be like, I'm a magnet for money. And he thought, oh, he thought I it was like it. funny, but I was like, I was like, no, I need any you validation. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm calling. I was like, this is my 10 cents. But yeah. um, I was like, I was like anything, any manifestation, visioning, anything I could learn, Abraham Hicks, anything. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I just need this because there's, I have no other logic or sense or mm-hmm. anything else. It was all like trust, faith, devotion to the dream, trusting in myself, believing in the universe, believing that the, because the universe gave me the dream, I can do it. Um, mm-hmm. just, it was like, I just have to trust cause I have no other option, but then to let go and, and fall back into a life I don't want. Yeah. So that really taught me everything. I feel like everything I need to know spiritually and learn those lessons really early was with, with starting, um, kellycheck.com and really going yeah. all in and giving it everything. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I feel like so many, if not every single entrepreneur that I know their story, that's how it is. It's like, there's this moment at the very beginning where you go all in and where it's literally like you don't see anything happening and you have to have that faith and it's like keeping the faith and keeping like keep going so that you can actually have the results like you have to trust that those results are not only coming but they're like already existing you're just like trying to match the vibration of those results right and so I feel like that so much and I think it's such a good like reminder to not only myself but like everyone in the audience who's listening who's like starting a business or starting something new and they're like oh my gosh it's at the beginning like what what am I supposed to do and it's like you have to have faith like you have to know that it is coming for you it's happening for you right Mm -hmm. um and you also mentioned your money mindset one of your Mm -hmm. courses and I think this is like also a great segue into just talking a little bit about money mindset And I mean, this goes without saying that like, it's obviously important when you're running a business to have good money mindset, but I kind of want to get your take on it about like how money mindset has played a part in you building your business and why you found it to be very important. Yeah. I love talking about money mindset because it was one of the most important things I ever did was really improve my money mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. So I define money mindset as like any kind of thoughts, beliefs, perceptions, emotions, feelings around money. Like anything we think about money is money mindset because money is Mm -hmm. Money is a very interesting one because it brings up all your shit. It brings up all of like the bad stuff you've been holding on to. Like it will come out in your money story, you know, where you're holding yourself back, you know, how you are with your savings, your spendings, 
Are you mm-hmm. like investing money? Are you afraid to look at credit card statements? Um, are you using, like, how are you, use, what is your like time versus money equation? Like in the sense where mm-hmm. are you using your time to save money or like, or are you afraid of, of spending, um, you know, stories around, I have to work really hard to make money. I, I can't make that kind of money. That's not available to me. It's available to other people, but not me. Um, it's mm-hmm. evil to be rich. Uh, you, it's bad to be, even things like, it's ba- like capital, capitalism is bad. Having business is bad. Um, bad, mm-hmm. eager, greedy bastard. If you make a lot of money or you're going to mm-hmm. like sell your soul, if you become really rich and run a business, like there's so much stuff um, in the ether and the stuff we kind of pick up from like childhood or just like media or early days of, of, of stories around money. Um, and yeah. I was in working on, it was Kelly track was working on kellytrack.com. And I was listening to this chick's podcast about money mindset. And mm-hmm. she was talking about money mindset. And I remember getting so uncomfortable because I didn't do a single thing she was talking about. It was all like, Oh my God, this is a whole area of my life that I avoid. I don't like to look at. I don't like to talk about. And I struggled with it so much because I was like, I've had three businesses that didn't make me any money. Um, and it was the early days of kellytrack.com when I was making like nothing because it was just starting. And I was yeah. like, maybe this is the issue. Maybe I can't make money off this because I, I have the worst money mindset. And I was right. Like I was so praise, praise the universe for sending me that resource at that time. Um, mm-hmm. But it was money is so deeply tied. Your relationship with money is so deeply tied to your self-worth and your income level and what you settle for versus what you go after in life, mm-hmm. how big you want to play with your dreams. Money is, it's interesting because money is like one of the only physical, tangible things. When we talk about digital business and like dreams, it's one of the only ways we can measure. Cause it's like podcast downloads or Instagram followers or like podcast listeners, you know, it's all like, sort of this like intangible stuff, but money is real. So there's so much baggage and stuff that comes with money that has to be fixed in order to like actually be in the position where you can receive money and not be like blocked by all of our own just limiting mindset issues. So Mm -hmm. yes, I think mastering my money mindset was arguably one of the like the top three things of my most important things I ever did for my business because it was just like there was the before I did it and then there was the after and it was like night and day oh I love that okay so now I feel like you have to give us like one of your money mindset tips for those who are like okay like for one of the things that you just mentioned right the thing about capitalism is bad or like money is evil or rich people are evil all those things that people have seen in their childhood or heard from their parents, from their family, from their friends, from their coworkers, right? How, what's one of your tips around how to start dealing with that money mindset and how to actually get it to a place where you're comfortable with money and you are actually calling in money that is equivalent to like your high self-worth, hopefully. (laughs) Totally, totally. Um, For starters, I will say I have a free video class called the Money Masterclass on my website. So it's yeah. like kellytrack.com slash money. Um, so it's just a free video class where people can kind of learn more and really it's work on their really blogs. Oh, thank you. I have to. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but I was going to say that the thing definitely, I say the biggest block is to figure out, well, what your money stories are, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
even like I say a very big one the top big ones are like I have to work really hard for money that's a very common one I mean everybody we all learn in school work hard you know go to college like you have to work like get good grades like that's just you know and and not to also beat ourselves up about it either because like everybody has a money story even as you do the money mindset work it's like going to the gym there's going to be like more and it's like you don't just do one rep and you got like biceps. It's it's it, money mindset work is continual. So for people not yeah. to beat themselves up about it, um, we're all in a relationship with money and it has its up and downs. But you know, getting clear on your stories where it's where it's um, hard for you, where it's difficult, where you see money is bad, where you get uncomfortable around money. Um, you know, the biggest one being you know money is hard to make. I have to work really hard for money. Even thing like people who make a lot of money are greedy. You can't be rich and spiritual at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, the one you said, like capitalism is bad. You know, I really see, I'm like a very big believer in, in teaching people, specifically women, because that's like, that's my audience, um, is like these, these visionary females to really make money. I think making money and being in the position of making money is one of the most important things you can do with your life is Mm-hmm. is I'm going to kiss because now this is coming from an expanded money mindset. But I think one of the most important things you can do with your life is to get rich and make the money you desire. Because I mm-hmm. see money as, I see money as a vehicle for social change. So I see Absolutely. money, when you have more money, you can do better things in the world. Um, and I'm very pro, I'm pro capitalism in the sense where I'm pro using business as a force for change. And I love talking about this because this makes me really fired up. Because I remember in business school, when I used to go to like other like elective classes like econ and I had to sit with like the art students or the econ students, sometimes people be like, oh, you're in the business school. Like you're, you're like a terrible person. I remember thinking like, why? Because, you know, when you mm-hmm. think about like social enterprises, you know, doing well for yourself, but also contributing, doing well for the world. Um, even like the concepts, like the triple bottom line, like people profit planets, not just profit. Like I see mm-hmm. business as a business. You could just do so much for the business. And I love business because you have an income source and you make money. You can do more conscious things, right? You can, yeah. you know, things like, you know, for example, like Tom shoes or um, mm-hmm. like just you, when you have the money coming in, it's a lot easier to make a bigger impact versus if you're just yeah. a charity, you can only do so much. So I'm a big believer in you go out there, sell something. And then when you have the extra income, go put it towards the things you desire to the conscious change. And then as a human, if you're making more money in a conscious way and you have extra money, you can go buy the organic tomatoes. You can go shop at Everlane. <laughs> you can get the mm-hmm. conscious like clothes. You don't have to go shop at H&M. You can support um, the artisan jams made by the woman at the farmer's market versus like the cheap jam at the superstore that's got GMOs. Like when you have more money, you can go support your economies and um, your community and your planet way better because, hey, let's, the organic stuff, the fair trade stuff, uh, the quality stuff, the conscious stuff is all like way more expensive. So you've got to be in a position where you make more money to go pay for it. So that's one of my biggest things is like, if you make money and if you get rich and getting rich is like whatever people define wealth and abundance as, you know, it's whatever is comfortable and good for you. Um, there's no yeah. right way to define rich, but when you have that money coming in and you have that extra, it's so much easier for us to give, for us to be generous and support the stores and the, the products that we want to actually support because we you know the yeah. easiest way to vote is with our dollar. And if you, I know, I mean, I'm very passionate as well about the environment. Um, and it's like, well, if you want to save the environment, you, you like you gotta you gotta buy like the you know like the the, the non toxic cleaners. You gotta pay the premium for those. You know you gotta choose organic as much as you can. It's like it, but it takes money to get you there. So I'm a big believer in yeah. like get empowered, make the money, um, master the money mindset, go create the extra income you desire, and then use that money to buy the the, 
the products and services that you desire that are in alignment with like your values and what you want to do in the world and the change you want to see. Cause the easiest way to vote is with your dollar. Cause we do it every single day. Oh my so gosh. That's my, that's my spiel on money and consumerism <laughs> and business and why I think it's great. <laughs> I love it. No, that is literally how I feel. Cause it's like, like you said, like all those things that are the better choices for your body, for the environment, yeah. For um, helping other people in the world, yeah. it takes money to actually yeah. make those changes, right? There's yeah. a reason why it's like in lower income neighborhoods, they're like the McDonald's and the KFCs of the world, and not necessarily like you know the Whole Foods or like the stores. Really? That are, I don't even know about Whole Foods because I feel like there's some stories there. But anyways, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it, you have to actually have that extra income or that um, graduated income in order to be able to make those changes, like you said, or make those votes with your dollar. Um, and so this is actually, I guess, taking a little bit of a step back um, to when you were talking about when you uh, had the three failed startups and you ended up moving back home before you started Kelly Track. And um, I wanted to ask you about this because I know that there are people who want to build a big business. They want to make you know their life different. They have this vision for what they want and they want to make sure that that becomes their reality. And so what advice would you give to someone who is kind of like on the fence of making a, a, I guess, I mean, drastic, I guess, decision like that of, okay, like you have to move back home or you have to, um, if you want to make this work, like you might need to quit your job and take a part-time job. So you have more time or you have like, whatever that decision is for them. Like what advice would you give someone who is on the verge of trying to make a big decision in order to put that faith into their business and what they're building? Yeah, I think, you know, when you're on the verge of a big decision, I think the best, the best ways I make big decisions is number one with my intuition and mm-hmm. feeling, seeing what I'm really called towards, because sometimes our intuition calls us towards stuff that does not make sense on paper. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. It pulls us in directions that make no financial sense that are, that feels crazy. Like we're going on a whim. Um, I have always found my gut to be correct. Like my intuition, and my gut instinct never lies. And I just have to trust. And that comes back to trust and faith. Like we mm-hmm. talked about before, um, listen to your heart. One of the things I love that Danielle Laporte said once, she said, when I think about decisions, I think, does this feel heavy or does this feel light? And mm-hmm. I thought that was the best way anyone's ever phrased it. Because oh I know for me, no matter how hard it was for me to start a business, it had this lightness to it. Um, whereas going to a nine to five and calling up the employers that had offered me jobs in the past, that had a heaviness to it. Um, and I love that, that frame of reference for decision-making is does this feel heavy or does this feel light and, and having the courage to go after what you want. And when you do decide committing, deciding and going all in, people have very different degrees of risk and uncertainty. Like as I always talk about it as in the sense of like how risky are you are with like Ikea furniture? Like, do you bring it home and you try to just assemble it right away? Do you bring it home, read the manual, then assemble it? Do you bring it home, read the manual, watch a YouTube video, then assemble it? Like I know for me, I'm the kind of girl who jumps in with two feet. I don't want to read the manual. I don't want to watch a video. I'm going to try to put it together. Um, Mm -hmm. And I like, I'm the kind of person that puts two feet in and I will go in full time and I will, that's like, but that's my, that's kind of my personality. I think there's no right way if you wait a bit and ease in or if you dive in head first. Mm-hmm. It kind of depends on your style. Um, but I think it's just to keep moving in the direction of making decisions that feel light and that are in alignment with your intuition, no matter how scary they seem, because, you know, the unknown has never let me down every, even though I felt very, I felt scared and upset and frustrated and pissed and angry at the whole process of building a business. Um, but it, it was never wrong. Like it was mm-hmm. never wrong. Um, so it's, it's about trusting and following 
your joy and your, your desires, the desire is so powerful. Like desire, I think really desire comes from the universe. Like it comes from this higher Mm -hmm. source that's asking us to do these things. And we don't really know, you know, we just have these dreams and dreams take us in different directions. Cause like I had this dream to do like, you know, it was sort of like, I was, I thought I was going to be like the next Gwyneth Paltrow. Like I was like, I'm going to have like a goop. I'm going to have cookbooks. I'm going to like, people, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like a world-class celebrity doing health stuff. And mm-hmm. it was this dreams take you different places. So it's about having the courage to like, listen to those desires and, and just follow it because that's coming from like, from like the big stuff uh, upstairs, you know, whatever religion people follow, um, whatever, mm-hmm. however, you know, spiritual they are on the spiritual spectrum. But it, it mm-hmm. comes from another source because it's like something bigger for us that we don't even know all the answers to, but we get one tiny step of the way and it's the willingness to take the first step so the universe can give you the second step. And when you take the second, you get the third. And it's just like all of your tiny steps, but there is no full year plan. There's no 10 year plan. It's like one little step after each one. So it's about making the next right choice and doing what feels intuitively right. And I, mm-hmm. and, and doing it no matter how scary and unlogical it seems. That's the part that always gets people tripped up is like, how will I make money? And um, well, what am I going to do? Or where am I going to live? It's like mm-hmm. making the choice that feels the best. There's always going to be trade-offs. Like I didn't really feel like I did not want to go live at home with my family, but it mm-hmm. felt lighter and more freeing than living in an apartment downtown and working at a job I hated. Um, but like making decisions that feel light and using your intuition is what I would say. Oh my gosh. The part about the, does it feel, um, heavy or light that really got me because I think that's such a great under or way to understand it for people who are always confused about whether or not they're like getting some sort of message from their intuition or if it's ego or what it is, because I really do believe that you can feel those, like those decisions, right? It's like, if you're thinking about a nine to five and you know, you don't want to be at that nine to five, it feels heavy. Like you feel drained and you feel upset and you feel mm-hmm. like, I know personally, like my body creates sickness around yeah. like on Sunday. I literally, every single Sunday, I feel like I'm getting sick. Right. And that's not a coincidence. That's not, you know, anything that's like to play with. That's literally my mm-hmm. body responding to intuitive nudges. And I feel like mm-hmm. for those people who are struggling with, what is this message? It's like, does it mm-hmm. feel heavy? feel light right oh my gosh I love oh my that's gonna be like my new (laughs) my new thing now I know Um, I know it's powerful it's Danielle Laporte I can't take credit for that Danielle Laporte with us though right (laughs) the media my guests are and connecting Danielle and like us right Uh um so it has been amazing chatting with you this is I feel like every time I have an interview I'm like this has been my favorite one but seriously so far such an amazing one. Your energy is so positive and so oh, radiant. Um, and I guess I want to just finish this off by just asking you for everyone who's kind of like listened to you today and wants to know where they can kind of find you and follow you and take your courses and all that good stuff. Like tell us all the things. Of course, I will link it down below in the show notes, but just kind of give us your little kind of like package feel <laughs> about where people can find you. Totally. So I'm on Instagram. It's just at Kelly Track. So my last name is T-R-A-C-H, but I pronounce it like a K, like track of field. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on kellytrack.com. You can listen to the Kelly Track show, which is where all podcasts are. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, you name it, it's there. Um, and then on my website, you can also find my free video classes. So we talked about we mentioned the money masterclass. It's on my website as well as if you are desiring to start a digital business, I have a free video class on that. Um, and if you're still in the bucket where you're kind of nervous about going after what you want to do in life, but you're still not there, I have a course on a free class on how to master your mindset. And those are all free resources. Um, 
they're all on kellytrack.com, which is like the main hub. And I, yeah, I would love it if you, yeah, come say hi on Instagram too. I love, I love having people connect and say hi on, come DM me. I, I, I reply to all my DMs. So say hi. I love chatting. I'm a chatting person. <laughs> Yay! Okay, awesome. So thank you again for being here. And I will make sure, like I said, to link everything in the show notes so people can find you. And it has been an honor having you on. Oh, thank you so much, DeAndra. I so appreciate this. You are an amazing interviewer. I love this. This is so much fun. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it with someone you think would enjoy it too. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave me a review of what you think about this podcast. It would make my day and it would help other people discover this podcast, people that really need to hear these words. So until next time, have an amazing day and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest visit, a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com slash events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep. Thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep. I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow. That's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.